are in um, Genesis chapter 12 and we're going back to the very first thing that we know God said to Abram. And then we're going to go to a verse that we read last week and then we're going to carry on today. It says, now, this is Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Let's all say that. You shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Isn't that a wonderful way to, to start a, a conversation? <laughs> it's like, wow. Now, I know there was obviously things that went on before that. But the first thing we find recorded in the Word of God, how wonderful is that? You're going to be awesome. You're going to be great. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to turn you into a whole nation. I'm going to bless anyone who blesses you. I'm going to curse anyone who curses you. And through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, Abram. Can you see that? It says in you. In Abram. Now, as we go through his life, God adjusts what he says. He starts by saying in you, Abram. Then he goes on and says in your descendants, plural. And then we come to Genesis 17. See, you've all got to come to academy. There is loads in this. <laughs> a shameless plug. Genesis 17, verse 15 to 18, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham. He's had the name change, identity change. A lot of this series has been to do with identity. Who you know you are. And the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, second time on that day is sort of... And said, he said, by myself I have sworn. I have sworn. That is a covenant expression. As for me, some translations say. As for me, this is what I am going to do. We had a lovely day on Friday. I know it was April Fool's Day, but we also had a wedding. I don't know why we put those two together, but there we go. It was really funny when Sally was doing the vows. I half thought if someone, you know, she says, does anybody have any just cause? I thought someone was going to go, I do, April Fool. <laughs> why these two can't be married? I've got to know. It would have been really funny. I was, all, I was almost there to do it. I thought, no, I don't want to ruin their day. But anyway, but each one said a vow to each other. And they basically said, as for me, I will love you. This is what I'm promising to do in the context of an agreement, a covenant. So God says, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing. Remember, he was about to sacrifice his only loved son. He'd had Ishmael, but God referred to him as your only son, Isaac. He was about to sacrifice him because Abraham had imagined and dreamed and seen because of the strength of the promise and the blood that had been shed, he had seen God raise Isaac from the dead. See, again, there's so much we haven't covered. And God said, stop, for now I know you fear God. And he said, he said because you've done this thing and you've not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing I will bless you and I will... Um, 
and multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants, plural, shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed, can you see that? Oh, it's up here somewhere. In your seed, there it is, seed, S-E-E-D. And we're told over in Galatians chapter 3 that when God declares this, he says he's not referring to plurality, to many sons and daughters. He's referring to one person only. One person. You see, he said back 25 years, actually 45 years earlier from this, in you, Abram, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Then over the next 45 years, he says a number of times, in your descendants, plural, through all your offspring, through the nation of Israel, through the tribes of Israel, in, in your descendants, the world's going to be blessed. But now we come to this life-changing, incredible moment. When Abram was about to sacrifice his only begotten son, think about that sort of language here, God stops it and says, because you've done it, I'm going to do it. I needed someone's faith on the earth. For God to do anything on the earth, he needs a man to do it or think it or believe for it first. And he said, because you are prepared to sacrifice your only begotten son, I only did that, yes, to test your faith, but I knew you were going to do it anyway. I've done it because if you've done it, I've got to do it, says God. As for me, by myself, because you've trodden in the blood, I'll tread in the blood. Because you've had a name change, I'll have a name change. Because you're now Abram of God, I'm now God of Abraham. Because you've sacrificed your only begotten, hallelujah. This is why I've done it. I've set myself up to sacrifice my only begotten son. And he will come 2,000 years later after this time. But it was the faith of Abraham on the planet which caused Jesus to come to the cross and die on the cross. Because you've done this, Abram, everything's going to change. And now I'm no longer talking about you, Abram. I'm no longer talking about your descendants. I'm now talking about the seed, singular, of Abram, which is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, the seed of Abram. He was produced on the earth by Abram's faith. In your seed, and again over in Galatians chapters 3 and 4, we're told which is one seed which is Christ. In your seed, all of the nations, no longer just the families, but the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice and sacrificed your only begotten son. Today I want to talk about we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. You see, in everything God did with Abram, he was setting himself up. He didn't just do it for Abram's sake. He didn't do it for Isaac's sake. He didn't do it for the other sons and daughters that were going to be born. God set himself up because he knows that the only way to bless the nations of the earth is with salvation. 
salvation. We're not just talking about some money in the bank. We're not just talking about some healing in our body. We're not just talking about some peace around us in our lives. All of those things are part of the outcome and the consequence of our salvation. You see, if you get your eyes off of the seed and onto the stuff, you've missed the point. Hello? You've missed the point. When you receive the seed, you get the stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't apologize for the stuff. The stuff is part of our inheritance. When you receive Jesus along with him, you inherit all things, the Bible tells us. But if you go for the stuff and not the seed, all you're doing is going after the stuff of God and not the person of God. But if you go after the person of God, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, a relationship with the seed, all the things the Gentiles seek are going to be piled onto your lap. All the things. And we can see what the world wants. And they're going crazy to get it. We don't have to go crazy to get it. We just have to run after the seed. We just have to seek him with all our heart, our soul, our strength. And as we seek the seed, we get the stuff. As we go after the seed, because it's in the seed, all of the families, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now what Abram heard... Again, we have to go all the way back to December when I first preached about the blessing of God. What Abram heard when he heard the word to bless, he heard the word to kneel down to serve. What God is saying in Jesus, almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen, God, almighty God, the creator, the redeemer, the most high God, the most holy God, the one that the seraphim are flying round and round saying, holy, 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 the God who dwells in unapproachable light, the one who decrees a thing and it is established, almighty God who upholds all things by the power of his word, almighty God was saying to Abraham, if you enter into a covenant with me, I'm going to serve you, Abram, and you're going to serve me. This is a covenant of blessing. But as you do what I tell you to do, as you end up sacrificing your only begotten son, it doesn't just mean that Abram, you and I are going to be in a covenant. Through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be able to be knelt down to and lifted up and blessed in the context of a covenant with Almighty God. Wow. Incredible, incredible, incredible. What Abram heard was God was going to serve the world and the world was going to serve God. That's what he heard. Oh, you're talking about God being a servant. Well, yes, because love serves. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love is not puffed up. Love is not rude. Love does not seek its own. God himself said that about the love that God is. See, if you go through the, the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 love passage, 
you can scripturally take out the word love and put in the word God. (laughs) Because God is love. God doesn't just have love, God is love. So when he says love is patient, love is kind, you can take out the word love and put in God. God is patient, God is kind. God does not behave rudely. God is not proud or arrogant. God is not puffed up. God doesn't seek his own. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God trusts all things. God never fails. Ha, 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 ha. It's awesome. Because God is love. God is love. And the Lord Jesus himself said, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He who wants to be the greatest will be the greatest servant. See, the whole, the whole thing about the blessing of God has to do with others. With others. Let's all say that word, others. Others. Others, 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 others. It's not about me. It's about someone else. See, God is all about plan and design and purpose. When God does something, it's for a plan, a design, and a purpose. That will come up on the notes, I think. I'll say it another time. God is all about plan and design and purpose. God has planned our blessing. He's planned it. He's already planned it. He's already gone ahead of you this week and planned your blessing. Planned your favor. In fact, I can actually say we're already blessed and we're just going to walk into what he's already done. But that's a little bit too predestination for some of us. But he's already planned it. He's already done it. He's already seen it. He's already spoken it. We're already blessed with every spiritual blessing and earthly favor, the Bible says. So God is all about plan. He's all about design. He's already designed. Some of you are designers. My oldest son is a designer. He designs things. He works for a company. And um, you would all have heard of the company. And some of you hopefully haven't used the app because it's a breakdown app. In case you break down on a motorway or something, you go to a certain company. There are two, so I won't mention. One's the rival. (laughs) And one's the one he works for. And he's designed all the app that you you press and the alarms go off and the where you're the tracker. That's, that's all what he does. He's planned and he's designed. When You see, God is a designer. He doesn't just plan things, he designs it. Puts it all together. How things fit together, how things work together, how things look together. He's designed it. But can I say this, and this is where I really want to go today. He has done it on purpose, for purpose. He's not just planned our abundance or our favor or the hand of God upon us. He he didn't just planned or designed, it's for purpose, which is what we find with Abraham. He didn't just say, I've planned and designed your blessing. He said, there's a purpose for your blessing that all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. It's about others. 
We know the word to bless means to empower, to prosper, to excel, to be fully satisfied. For the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing. Don't apologize for the blessing. It is our covenant. It's a covenant of blessing. But if we are blessed to be a blessing, it means I'm empowered to prosper in order to empower somebody else to prosper. If I'm empowered to succeed, it is in order to empower somebody else to to succeed. That's the purpose of me prospering is to prosper someone else. I saw a great little thing come up on whatever it was, Instagram or something, I don't know, it threw itself at me this week. You know, it's like, it's like boom, it threw itself. And it said, when God increases your standard of living, make sure you increase your standard of giving. And I just thought, how good is that? I like that. I'd like to say I said that, but I didn't. It would be a lie and the fire would zap and the lightning would. But I just thought, that's, that's what I'm talking about. We're blessed to be a Blessing. There is purpose to our empowering to prosper, excel, and be satisfied. Now, the blessing is a person. (laughs) It's not just a thing. The blessing is completely a part of integral to the person, the life, and the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't live a life of the blessing if you're out of step with the Holy Spirit. As we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that's where the blessing is. The blessing's not out there and the Holy Spirit here, no. And the blessing's not here and the Holy Spirit out there. One and the same. See, because it, it, it has to do with being empowered. And if we ever talk about empowering, we must talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. We just must. You cannot talk about the blessing and not talk about the Holy Spirit. And this is so often where we perhaps need to pull ourselves back a little bit onto the straight and the narrow path that sometimes we're praying for the blessing, praying for the blessing, but we're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Or we're not obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Or we don't give the Holy Spirit any time in our life, but we're saying, God bless this and God bless that. And Lord, I know I'm already blessed. I declare the blessing. And he's saying, well, when are you going to listen to the person of the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the blessing. And the blessing is where the Holy Spirit is. So I can say this, the Blessing is the anointing in action. Is this going a bit deep for a Sunday? Is is this okay? We're almost at the end of the series. This week and next week, and it's really going to come into where this needs to go. We're blessed. We have faith. We've raised our hand. But it's for purpose. And that's the life of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. To be a blessing is to empower others to prosper and excel. Can I say it like this? To lift other people up. You see, the whole point of getting down on your knee is not to just put yourself underneath something else. It's to get underneath something else in order to lift it up. 
It's, uh, I'm getting down here in order to lift you up. And they're saying, well, I'm going to get down and I'm going to lift you up. And this whole thing is going up. You see, if all you do is get down, then we're just going lower. <laughs> see, but if you get down to lift someone else up, then it's the life of God taking things up. And now they're up there and they can say, well, I'm going to lift you up. And then I lift you up. And then I lift you up. And the whole thing's going up. But if all we're doing is going down, this is where false humility is a killer. If all we're doing is getting down and we're not lifting others up, then all we're doing is just going down. And the path of the righteous is a upward path. It shines brighter and brighter and it goes higher and higher. So it's to lift other people up. So how do we bless others? Because that's what today is really about. We're going to carry on next week and take it in, into something else even more important. And I believe really from Easter we're going into a whole new season of stuff in Citygate Church, which is going to be life-changing and kingdom-impacting and community-shaking. But how do we bless others? Well, Blessing has to be imparted, has to be transferred. Can't just be prayed, it's got to be given. You see, if all we think God's calling us to do is that we pray to bless, oh Lord, bless them, we've missed it. We've missed it because the heart of it is he has blessed us so we can bless them. He has blessed us so we can bless them. All the time I'm praying, Lord, bless that person. He's saying, you go do it. You go bless them. It's a bit like me saying, Lord, heal that person. He says, well, you go lay hands on them. Lord, will you meet their needs? Pay their gas bill. That's pretty. <laughs> pay their gas bill. And you know, God says in the Bible, if you've got the means to do it, you do it. It's actually what he says. He didn't put the word gas bill in there. But he's saying, if somebody has a need, and we all have a gas bill need right now. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> we are blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. Not if we feel like it. Or if, we, no, we're blessed to be a blessing. So how do we bless others? Blessing has to be imparted. It has to be transferred on purpose. Uh, you know, the two main ways, and I'd love to spend much more time on this, but, but the first way is to bless is to say. You find this all the way through the Bible, and God blessed them and said. God blessed and said, when you say, and it's in line with the covenant that is imparting the blessing. In Greek, the word actually means to say something good about. That's the Greek word. You say something good about. And the good thing we're saying is the covenant that we have. That's the good we're saying. Not just nice words. We're saying something that God can anoint and the other way we bless is to serve we we bless by saying we bless by serving 
get down on our knees and lift other people up. Can I say it like this? We act like God. We act like God. So today I want to just really talk in, in some very general terms about how we bless as we have already been blessed. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus said? He said, love like you've been loved. Serve like you've been served. As you've seen me do to you, go to do to others. Love others as I've loved you. Isn't there that in the heart of Christianity? What we've received from God, we then transfer to other people. I can say it like this. We give what we have and we give what we are. We give what we have and we give what we are. A whole lot of this series has been about identity. Um, But there are three overarching things that are attributes of God. Now, I'm not going to get into all the attributes of God today. I'm not going to talk about his omniscience and omnipresence and that. I'm not going to get into all that. But just for today, we're going to talk about the three attributes of God. Because if we are to give what we've been already given... If we are to serve with what we've already been served with, then we need to know what we've been given. And I don't just mean in the little detail of a few little things that really excite us. I want to talk about the very heart of what we have already been given. Three things that God is. Number one, God is light. This is on your notes. God is light. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. When God walks in, the darkness has to flee. We know who God is. God is absolute. God is total. God hasn't got even a little bit of, of, a little bit of darkness in him. There's no tiny little bit of shade in there. He's fully light. There's no darkness at all. The second thing that God is, is God is life. And can I say this? In him there is no death. God is Life, when life turns up, the death has to leave. And the third thing that God is, is God is love. These are the three things that the Bible says God is. Not just things he has, but things he is. You see, God has all sorts of things. God God has peace. And we know he is the prince of Peace, but the peace comes out of the light, the life, and the love. Everything else that you find that God has or God expresses himself in, it comes from the fact that God is light, God is life, and God is love. And when God turns in, turns up, all the darkness, all the death, and all the fear has to leave. Because perfect love casts out all fear so when God turns up in our lives the darkness leaves I can almost hear your brains thinking this morning when God turns up in our lives the darkness leaves oh Lord will you take the darkness out of me no if you are born again the darkness is gone it's gone it has 
gone. Don't pray for it to go. It's gone because the light of God has shone in your life. Oh God, I think there's still a little bit of death in me somewhere. Not if the life has turned up. Now you may act like death sometimes. You may think like death sometimes. I don't know about you, but it gets on all of us, yeah? You may act like darkness sometimes, but the darkness isn't in you. The light of God is on the inside of you. The life of God, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord, you're no longer dead, you're alive. Life is there as a a generator on the inside. And the love of God, oh Lord, pour your love in my heart. He already has. He's already poured his love in. And because love came in, fear had to leave. So if fear comes on you, it's not come from the inside, it's come from the outside. And that's how you've got to deal with it. It's not come from in here. It may have come from in here. May have come from here. May have come from here. This is why we need to guard and watch and protect and, and all of those things to keep the external forces from, from you know, corrupting what is on the inside of us. So three things that God is, and now this is where it gets good. Three things that we become in Him when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord. So, is it right to say that he is the light of the world? Absolutely. But you know where I'm going with this. What's the first thing I want to talk about today? Because if we are blessed to be a blessing, we need to know who we are in order to know what we can impart to others. So, number one, the first thing that I know I am is I am the light of the world. I am the light of God. God, that's a bit strong. No, God is the light. Yeah, but you know what he says uh, over in Ephesians 5? Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication, can I just say, I'm going to read this thing. What is fornication? Sex before you're married. Adultery is sex after you're married, outside of marriage. And that can be done in your heart or as an action. So sex before marriage, let's just, it's there. Oh, but Pastor Jay, why is it wrong? Well, because it's wrong. It'll kill you. It'll upset your, I'm not going to do a fornication preach today. That's for another time. I think that's coming. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you. Don't even talk about it. As is fitting for Christians. Neither any filthiness or foolish talking or rude jokes. Oh, Pastor Jay, you're preaching the law now. No, this is the New Testament to the church. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that we're surrounded by this stuff. And I know some things are funny. Some things are funny. And you laugh and then you repent. But come on. You'll see why I'm reading this in just a minute. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor rude jokes, coarse jesting, which are not fitting for Christians, but rather 
giving of thanks. For this you know that no one who's having sex outside of marriage, unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Oh, it doesn't matter, Pastor Jay. God loves you anyway. Yes, he does love you, but that stuff will kill you. That stuff will kill you. You know, don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience, not upon the church. There's so much in here. You know, you've got to read it. Therefore, do not be partakers with them for you were once darkness, now you are light. Now, I could go to 1 John, I could go to so many places. The fact that we walked in the darkness and the darkness was in us and we were made of darkness. And when you give your life to Christ, you walk in the light. Light is in you and you are made of light. As a believer. (laughs) Oh man, I love this. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It's not saying don't have any unchurched friends. It's saying don't don't marry darkness. Don't be one with darkness. He's not saying don't be in the world. We need more unchurched friends, guys. See, Jesus hung around the world. Why? Because he loved them. Because he was blessed to be a blessing. Have no fellowship with the works of darkness, but rather expose them. How do you do that? By shining some light. For it's shameful to even speak of those things. Or can I say, or sing about them, or watch entertainment about them. Oh, I'm glad you're loving this message this morning. (laughs) For it is shameful even to speak about those things which are done by people in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Can I say by the Christian? Because we are the light. (laughs) Are you getting this? What we are. You see, it's what God is, is what we now are. He is the light, so we are the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Can I say, if we are blessed to be a blessing, when we turn up, light turns up can I say shine like God shine like God when you work you know you turn up at work tomorrow shine like God I'm not talking about point the finger there's nothing in there that says point any fingers it just says shine it didn't say criticize it didn't say campaign it didn't say wave your little placard it says shine shine and how do you shine with the character of God you live a different life and you shine You react a different way. When they're all condemning and criticizing, we're encouraging and lifting up. It's shining as light. It's living a different way, a different lifestyle with the character of God. I don't have to be like people to win them. 
I need to relate, but not be like. Now, I know Paul said to, you know, in, when in Rome, I'm like the Romans when in this. I under, that's understanding the culture and the ways and the way people think. But I'm not going to sin in order to try to have a friendship in order to try to win somebody. Amen. You will compromise your shining and if you dull down your light, you've got nothing to shine with. Your words won't mean anything if your light is a, a candle that snuffed out a little bit of smoke. Amen. So God is light. Now I am light. I shine. And when I shine, I'm blessing. I hope we're getting this this morning. The second thing as we close, because you're going to get this so easily now. We've, I mean, now we're thinking like it. God is life. God is life, L-I-F-E. And when life turns up, death has to leave. You see, when you turn up, the darkness has to leave. When you turn up. Because you shine, I shine, and the darkness leaves. Oh God, shine in my office. No, just turn up and be God. Shine like God. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me and God is shining through me and in me and out of me. So now we're talking about number two, the life of God. The life we have is not a length of existence but a quality of life. You see, when we hear about this word life, we think about eternal life, but we're, everybody's going to live forever. But you're either going to live forever with the zoe, that's a Greek word, zoe, abundant life of God, or you're going to live forever in death. Depending on have you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. When God turns up, the death has to leave. We can see that all the way through the Bible. Now, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord, you have been made alive with the resurrection life of God. So when God turns up, life turns up, death has to leave. Now when I turn up, the life of God turns up and death has to leave. How do we bless others? By shining and by... The Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of life. The living water of the Holy Spirit. You see, the life of God is life as God has it. It's the abundant life of God. And when we turn up, how do we bless? By pouring out the life of God. By pouring out a quality of life. Be a life giver. Adam, as in Adam all died, but Jesus became a life-giving spirit. Now that's who we are. We're a life-giving spirit because it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. I know these are pretty big concepts this morning. But we're blessed to be a blessing. Life-givers, light-givers, light life-givers. When we walk in, death has got to leave. The third one and the final one, thanks Joyce, is the love of God. The love of God. The love of God. God is light. God is life. And God is love. 
You know what? You've got to love by faith. You've got to. You've got to. This is why faith and love are hand in hand. You've got to love by faith. You've got to love by faith. Because I don't want to forgive some people. You know, perhaps I should turn, perhaps you should do a series on um, Sermon on the Mount. When somebody slaps you on one cheek, thought I'd be relevant. <laughs> turn the other cheek. When somebody takes your coat, give them your jacket. When somebody persecutes you, Bless them. Speak well of them. When somebody criticizes and says all kinds of hatred about you. Read all this in the Sermon on the Mount. And you can read it in lots of other places in the New Testament. When somebody does something nasty to you, you don't repay it with nastiness back. Why? Because of the love of God. Because of the love of God. When somebody says something about you that's untrue, oh, I've got to justify myself. No, you don't. You just got to love them. It's, it's actually in the Bible. This is not just Melfi doctrine. This is actually Jesus doctrine. Love and compassion. You see, do you remember I said the blessing is the anointing? The anointing is the light, the life. And the love of God. God anoints our words of light. He anoints our actions of life. And compassion like nothing else will trigger the anointing of God. Like nothing else. When we love, it opens the floodgates for God to move in. When we love, even when there's no reason to love, when we forgive, even though what's been done to us is horrific and unforgivable. When we love, God can move in and we are blessed to be a blessing. How does love operate? Well, love gives. Love gives on every occasion. It gives selflessly. Without finding fault. This is how God gives. See, I could, you're going to have to do a lot of homework on this one. As God has shone to me, I've got to shine to others. As God has been life to me, I've got to be life to others. As God has loved me, I'm going to love others. I didn't deserve the love of God. And I dare say neither did any of us here today. But we don't love so often like God loved us. We love conditionally. You've got to earn my love. You've got to earn. You've got to deserve it. You don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't deserve to be loved. You don't deserve to just be treated as though you've never hurt me. Isn't that often how we think? Aren't you thankful that's not how God loved us? Can I say give like God? Shine like God, give life like God, give like God. When we walk in, fear has got to leave. See, everything that Abram got from God was in order for God to pour it out into the world around us. 
This is just incredible. What I'm thinking, ah, just, Lord, we're out of time. Who God has been to us, we are to be to the people around us. You know, the one thing we can't be is their saviour. And everything is in, in salvation. We're not actually, obviously, their healer or their provider. That's all God, but he's blessed us for us to pour it through. Should we stand to our feet today? I hope you got something out of that. And Wow, wow, wow. Should we just lift our hands here today and stand in the presence of God? And Father God, we are so grateful that you are our light. You are our life. For when Christ, who is your life, appears, you'll be like him. And Father, we thank you that Jesus is our light, our life, and our love. And that's how you multiply yourself in the world. Because who you are to us, Jesus, is who we are to the people around us. And Holy Spirit, your anointing is upon our lives for us to look like Jesus and to imitate God, to act like God. So, Father, today we thank you, Lord, for doing a work in us as a church, in us as individuals, to shine like Jesus, to be life givers like Jesus, and to have compassion like Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that that empowers others with that which you've empowered us with. Everything we have is in your light, your life, and your love, healing, abundance, it's all there in, in who you are as God to us. And, Lord, as we shine as we live, as we give. Lord, so many people around us can come to faith in Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God loves you. He loves you, loves you, loves you. He is absolutely madly in love with you. He knows everything there is about you. There's not one person who's ever come to God who God has cast out. When they've come to him and said, Jesus, come into my life. I want, you to, I want to receive you today as my Lord and Savior. You know, Jesus himself said, whoever comes to the Father, God will in no way cast him out. If you're here today and you need to come to God. You need to come back to God. Perhaps you've never received Jesus as Lord. Perhaps this is the first time you've ever been in a place like this or you're thinking, wow, I, I didn't know this was, this was supposed to be real. Well, if you're here today and you want to respond to this word and say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, or perhaps you've got questions, perhaps you're coming back to God and you say, you know what? My light is not shining. My life is not giving and my compassion is lost somewhere. And you know you need to come back to God. If that's you here today with every eye closed and every head bowed, why don't you lift your hand in this place right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lift it high so I can see. Is there anybody here today to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior coming, coming back to God? Thank you, Jesus. We're all going to pray a prayer now and to receive Jesus as Lord and those that have responded why don't you pray with us? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You've demonstrated your love 
by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you today as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.